You're listening to Modes of Inquiry with Matthew Chinorio. Hi, I hope you're well. Thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, I will present to you an introduction to both the entirety of the project that is Modes of Inquiry and an introduction to myself, your host, Matthew Genorio. Without further ado, let's get started. The project of Modes of Inquiry came about as a thought, as an inquiry, a curiosity as to how methods work, what methods work best, for what scenario, what context, within a collection of ideas, of practices, we find ourselves often debating, choosing, often even misunderstanding, an idea, but not realizing that given the context, given the method, given the way we investigate, the way we implicate, or the way we implement an idea or a concept, the methodology plays a big role in this. And methodologies are something I think are far more important than just debating whether an idea is good, bad, or not. Ideas, in many ways like ourselves, are as ambiguous and ill-defined often. Some straightforward in what they are, some not. But methodologies are something that in many ways we should all be able to appreciate, more so than just delineating and debating. Uh, kind of back and forth on just a level of an idea. This had been, for quite some time, one of those ideas of mine, this project of modes of inquiry, on the back burner. And it had been something slowly moving up to the front burner, as it were. And it really took this pandemic to take off. Better late than never, I guess you might say. But certainly, and I wish to acknowledge this, I had many dear friends who were of utmost encouragement and great support along the way. Behind the scenes, I can certainly say from the get-go, dear friend of mine, Eric Trickett, and I thank him for much of his assistance and his belief in me. And for everyone else, the list is very long. You all know who you are. But i also like to give a shout-out to someone who propelled this to actualization for the sheer fact that she believed in me. Susie Jamil. Too often, perhaps extraordinarily rare, do we find ourselves in a position where somebody who we are inspired by or, or appreciate the work they do is in turn the one to give us inspiration directly and to believe in our own pursuits. That was something I don't take lightly. I think it's a, a very beautiful thing to have been bestowed to me. And for that, Susie, I thank you. This in many ways also has been a project and reflects my own interests as well. As part of the project of Modes of Inquiry, I believe in transparency. If I expect you to tune in, to listen to a conversation, to my thoughts, my inquiries, my conversations with various individuals from backgrounds and fields, then I would also expect myself to be forthright with you. I am someone who, by all rights, would have many reasons to be complaining, many reasons to be upset, annoyed, irked with a lot of things that have been bestowed me, unfairly, unkindly, however one wishes to, to define it. From five and a half years old, I had a slip and fall that subsequently gave way to an acquired brain injury to my right frontal lobe. From being someone prior to that 
who was deemed a genius, a little intellectual, very studious, and so forth. Everything changed, altered, permanently. Nine and a half years subsequently of just a horrible, horrible period. I experienced the entire spectrum of seizures, grand mall, petty mall, Lincoln stare, even the rarer sort. Certainly bullying as well on the playground. But I never lost my sight of my own inspiration, creating the person I chose to be, reacting in accordance with how I wanted to be. Did I get upset? Certainly. Did I stand my ground? Did I fight back when, when someone came at me? Of course I did. But I never lost sight of what I wanted to become, of the person I wanted to forge. I strive to be better than my surroundings in every aspect of that sense. But I don't wallow. I don't define myself as a victim. I don't define myself as someone who has experienced horrible things and therefore this and that. We're all unique, but it is far better to forge yourself out of a situation. And you will find when you can do that for yourself, begin the process. You will have a lot of help, a lot of assistance. A lot of people will want to be there for you. When you start to forge yourself, start the process for yourself. So I don't look at myself, walk into a room, define myself in such terms as this, as victim, as someone with a head injury, brain injury, not at all. From being someone who was predicted to never finish elementary school, let alone high school, and <laughs> as for post-secondary, college or university, these were things were not even on the playing card, I have surpassed all odds by hard work and belief in myself. Before any other person could, I had to believe myself, work my ass off, certainly. And I was given something and someone who encouraged me, who was always there for me, who showed me love unconditionally and taught me, 28-year-old man now, what it means of how it is to love and be loved unconditionally. My mother, who was also my biological grandmother, was a gift in so many ways. She taught me to believe in myself, to love myself before any other, before anyone else can love me, and always believed in me but also gave me constructive feedback, too. There is something beautiful about this. I can understand the desire. I can understand the ease, in many ways, just to succumb, to say, it's easier, I deserve this, it's hard, and it is hard. Taking a stoic mindset doesn't mean you're going to have a joy, joy life. It means you're going to react accordingly to the events in your life. And in many ways, it will make your mind at ease. I don't feel pity for myself, nor do I feel anger towards those who have done me wrong both family and friend. I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for them in so many ways. Because to feel anger towards them, to feel desire for vengeance, it only hurts you. And who do I blame? If you go to the start, the origin, do I blame the floor? Do I blame a mop for soaking the floor? Do I blame the person for wetting the floor? Who, who, how far back do we go? It's an edinfantium here. You can only think forward. You can only think forward. The past is dead. You can only forge forward and forge yourself in the process. So I, I say to you, as I say about myself, I embrace all that I am. I embrace every experience, every woe, every sorrow, every joy, every happiness. Because everything, every moment has shaped me, has forged me. And for those who know me well, I hope to hear some of your feedback. I hope I live up to the person I claim to be. And as that, it is something that greatly entwines into methodologies for me. 
because it's how you react. It's not what you, often even what you say. You can say the most stupidest things at some times, yet at the same time, your actions are completely contra and far better. One example of a hardship I can show you is the speech impediment I once had overcame that, but also writing, printing, or something were lost. And subsequently, through hard work, this came back. A lot of, lot of hours, a lot of days, a lot of nights of hard work. And I still now have a little, a slight struggle with it. But I find it amusing now. My writing is uniquely my own now. It's coded uniquely for me. But I still love it. I love writing. I love that which is arduous. If it's hard, it's, it, has, it has meaning behind it. If it's ease, it's comfort. Might as well just make a bag of popcorn. I carry a pen with me at all times, often a fountain pen, and a pad of paper to write my quandaries, my inquiries, my wonders, my daily thoughts. And I do so to remind me there was a period, there was a time when that was not an easy task. To hold a pen, to know what the hell to do with the pen. And now I love writing. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. And don't ever give up on the person you wish to be. There's a beautiful quote by Michelangelo. He says, it's not the case that many of us aim high and don't succeed. Rather, we aim low and succeed. And that is very true. Working on yourself, forging the person you want to be is not some group task. It can be very lonely, very sorrowful at times. But I assure you, you will create more meaning, more purpose in your life and overcome more obstacles, more odds than you may presently see or be aware of. And don't negate yourself. Don't negate the hardships. Don't negate the triumphs. Embrace your triumphs as much as your sorrows. And above all, embrace your defeats first. Your defeats tell you more about yourself. Anyone can triumph for a moment and falter the next day. But can you come back? And can you succeed at that? Can you always return? Can you always get up? Can you think highly of yourself when no other does? That's a task I give you. It's a task you should grant yourself. Forge the person you wish to be. And from that, you forge the life you deserve to have. With that, as always, friends, to the left wonder, to the right myth, and straight on curiosity. Stay curious, my friends. Follow Modes of Inquiry with Matthew Genorio on Twitter at Modes of Inquiry, on Instagram at Modes of and his Facebook page, Modes of Inquiry with Matthew Genorio. 